All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Youth Podcast. It is Friday, October 26, 2018. And on today's episode of the podcast, really just going to cover a lot of random things as we get closer and closer to the start of the 2018-19 season. We are now less than two weeks away from tipping things off on November the 6th. Uh, and there are teams that are going to be in action exhibition-wise, Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina, all playing exhibitions on Friday. I think several teams will kind of get things going next Tuesday. I know Alabama, I think Florida, there's probably someone else I'm forgetting. Uh, But there are more going on next week as we move into later next week as well. So it's exhibition time. We've already talked uh, about Georgia. They played an exhibition against UAB. And other teams just kind of getting ready. And remember, I always say this, exhibitions are exactly what the name says. They are exhibitions. They are not really something you can take a lot from in terms of looking at a stat sheet and saying, wow, this guy scored this many points. Wow, this guy only played this many minutes. Um, don't don't go too deep into that. Just kind of take it for what it is. It's an exhibition game. We know the level of opponent uh, is not what these teams are going to see once we get into the actual regular season. Uh, so it's a good way for coaches to really try out some different things, see what they're going to get. Uh, from some of their younger guys against you know different competition, not just their own team in practice, but what they're going to see uh, on the other side of the court and how are they going to be able to fit into certain rotations and all that. So just keep that in mind. Um, you know it's the same way with these closed scrimmages. I think Texas A&M lost uh, a couple days ago. They lost to Stephen F. Austin, which by the way, Stephen F. Austin is not a bad team at all. Stephen F. Austin is going to host Alabama this season and I've already said that's a tricky game for the Crimson Tide because uh, Kyle Keller gets pretty much his top three scores back and they're all going to be Southland player of the year candidates I wrote a story about them for CBB today earlier this week so take it for what it's worth you know and people were, were kind of looking at Texas A&M say oh it's going to be a long season for Texas A&M they lost a cro- close scrimmage uh, to Stephen F. Austin that's just you, you can't go too far into this uh, remember just take it for what it is It's a way for coaches to look at their players against different competition, try out things that maybe they won't be trying out once the season gets here. It just gives them a better sense of where their team's at uh, in terms of the on-court product because when you see your team in practice every single day, uh, you know, you're seeing them grow, you're seeing them learn, uh, but until you actually put it out in a game setting, uh, you don't really exactly know what you're going to get sometimes. So remember that as we continue to go into these exhibitions and all of that, and uh, certainly injuries are something as well that we don't want to see this time of year. We've already talked about Jonte Porter, and it's just a terrible thing, but unfortunately that's the way it is in sports as we know. Those things are going to happen, and look at a team like Auburn now who's dealing with some injury situations of their own. Uh, Austin Wiley is probably you know, still a little ways out from coming back. We don't know exactly when he'll be back, uh, if he'll be ready for the start of the season. Then Bruce Pearl came out on Thursday, said that Samir Dowdy had suffered a high ankle sprain, probably out a few weeks. So you know that kind of takes Auburn into the season without two guys that they're going to lean on. Uh, you know, going the entire year, basically. Those are two rotation players uh, when you look at kind of what they're going to bring to the table. So 
that puts them in a situation, and it's just it's something you deal with this time of year. Once everything gets going, uh, you just hope to have everybody healthy. Look at a team like Florida. We talked about Florida all offseason, and Mike White has continued to say the same thing. That's been the theme of kind of all the press conferences he's had. He just wants to get everybody healthy because you look at last year, the injury situations they had, and now hopefully being able to get guys like Chase Johnson, Isaiah Stokes back, uh, because that's really going to help them. And they need to be able to have those kind of guys back on the court. So staying healthy, very key this time of year, and you just hope you can do that. Uh, because it's certainly, you know, you got to have depth, and we keep going back to the word depth, but it is it is kind of what it is now in the SEC. You've got to have that, and, um, you know, because you, you know what other teams can put out on the floor. You know there's seven or eight, nine deep at some of these other places, and so it's just a matter of seeing, you know, keeping everyone in that rotation and really trying to, to get your best product out there uh, as the season goes along. So, some other things that, that I've been asked, you know, in recent uh, radio interviews, podcast interviews, and all that is going back to the number of teams from the SEC that have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Now, I, I said this, and I've, I've said this on previous podcasts, when you looked at it probably about a week ago now, um, I felt really good about saying that I thought nine teams had a great chance to get into the tournament. Now, I thought Missouri was among that nine. And now without Jonte Porter, I just think it's going to be very difficult. And look, we don't know kind of how they're going to respond. We don't know what, you know, Conzo Martin has up his sleeve. Because last year, we go back to this too, and, and Sam Stelling, who we've had on the podcast before, does great work over at Rock M Nation. You, you need to continue to follow Sam. He's got his SEC previews going up now. Go over there, read all those. You're going to find information that you won't be able to find anywhere else because he does a tremendous job. But he's talked about it. Look at what Conzo Martin had to do last year. He had to be very creative because what happened? One game into the season, you, Michael Porter Jr. plays two minutes, and then he's out for, for the entire year. And so it's like they had to be creative because they spent their whole offseason planning around, okay, how are we going to get you know Michael Porter Jr. the ball? How are we going to run everything through him? And then all of a sudden, just like that, everything kind of changes. So he's got that same situation now with Jonte, and it's a matter of seeing – how creative they can be because they're going to have to rely on Jeremiah Tillman. Uh, they're going to have to rely on Kevin Perrier. They've got to have some rock-solid play in the backcourt. Uh, Brad Cavallaro over at southeasthoops.com wrote about a guy in Torrance Watson who's a freshman who comes in. He's going to probably have to play an extended role as well. Everybody's got to play a, a bigger role. Um, and I think it's also a matter of seeing if they're going to get waivers for a guy like Drew Smith, who would certainly bring a lot to the table, I think, for them. And and so that's just kind of what you look at with Missouri. Is it is it a clear-cut situation like maybe I felt like it was uh, before the, the Jonte Porter injury? Of course not. Uh, so I think it's a matter of seeing how they progress, how are things going to come together, because it's just such a huge thing. It was the same situation in terms of they were planning to basically take everything through Jonte Porter, and now you take that element out, You've got to shift a lot of things around, and you've got to have guys who are already expected to step into expanded roles. Now they've got to step into even bigger roles. And so you're taking you know, one step to the next. Now you basically got to take two steps. You've got to be able to jump forward very quickly. And so that's what we're going to have to see with Missouri. But I think if you look at that, I've talked about the eight teams I feel like are really, in my mind, are NCAA tournament teams. When you study them, when you look at them on paper, you do the research, you feel like there are eight teams that I feel really good about at this point. That's Kentucky, 
Auburn, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Florida, Alabama, Vanderbilt. I feel like those are the teams that are built to make the NCAA tournament. And you, you're not really in a situation where you feel like maybe you're looking at bubble teams in there. You feel like pretty solid. You could see a lot of these teams, and I've talked about it before. I think you're going to see the SEC in a situation where you've got multiple teams with a chance to be you know, anywhere from that one to four type of seed range this year because that's how talented the things are at the top. Uh, but if you look beyond those eight teams, and somebody asked this, you know, if you had to take Missouri out and you replace them with somebody else, who would you replace them with? Well, that's a really good question because I think you could look in several different directions. I've talked about Georgia being a possible sleeper team. I don't know that, that I would necessarily say I would feel great about Georgia making the NCAA tournament, even though I think there's a chance that they do exceed expectations because I think they're going to develop. Uh, that's Tom Crean's thing. They're going to get development out of these players. The individual development's going to be there this year, and you're going to see some different guys, I think, really step up, expand uh, what they've done in the past. And so I think that makes Georgia very intriguing. But I always seem to go back to South Carolina because South Carolina, as we know, we do it every single year. I did it last year, and, and for the first time it felt like they kind of finished where maybe you thought they would finish. And we know how they exceeded expectations uh, years before that, where they were picked, wherever they were picked, I think eighth one year, tenth in one year, something like that. And that's where they really started to turn the corner. Of course, the Final Four was huge. Uh, but I think you look at South Carolina, and they've got some new pieces to the puzzle, and you combine that with what you feel like Chris Silva is going to bring to the table. He's going to be an SEC Player of the Year candidate, going to be the best defensive player in the, in the league again probably. Um, you want to see you know other guys around him get better. You want to see Hassani Gravit get better. You want to see Mike Coatsart get better. And the guard play that they're going to bring in, they've got newcomers there. I think South Carolina – is very interesting because we know they're going to play defense. We know it's going to be one of those teams that you have to grind it out against every single night, uh, but they have to get better on the offensive end of the floor if they want to be an NCAA tournament team. I talked about how last year they just didn't shoot the ball well, and they didn't shoot the ball well from two-point range, and that's something that can kind of be concerning uh, because not only was it a team that really just struggled to shoot beyond the perimeter, but they also just were not finding that consistency from a jump shot standpoint last year. Uh, and so they have to be able to be better and more consistent in shooting the ball. If they can do that, that takes pressure off of a guy like Silva because we know what teams are going to do uh, whenever Chris Silva has the ball. They're going to try to double team him because they know how talented he is and they know how he can impact the game. Uh, so if South Carolina can shoot the ball better, I may put South Carolina as that team that maybe moves up uh, considering the issues that, that, that are now at Missouri, trying to figure out what to do uh, with Jonte Porter out. So South Carolina may be that team that, that may be ahead of the rest of that group, uh, but I keep talking about it. You could see any of those teams near the bottom, I think, kind of really surprised. And I, I know people get tired of hearing that, but we've seen it year in and year out. Look at Tennessee last year. Went into the season. A lot of people thought Tennessee was a bottom four team in the SEC. They won the SEC as a co-regular season champion with Auburn. And so we can say that, but that's what I'm saying. When you look at it, you can make a case for a lot of these teams because you just feel like there's that possibility. Even a team like Arkansas, as young as they are, and I've kind of beat that drum a lot about how young they are and having to replace all those seniors, having to replace what Daryl Macon and Jalen Barford did last year is going to be very difficult. But you have a future NBA lottery pick on the roster in Daniel Gafford. 
And so that can make Arkansas, that can elevate everybody else. If Gafford can get to the point this year where he's making everyone else better, uh, because I do think last year, look at guys like Macon and Barford. We just mentioned them. They made Gafford better as well. So if he can put himself in a position where he's making all these guys around him better, and I think he's going to because, look, it's the same situation. All the attention is going to be on Gafford. And he's going to be someone that he's going to be able to, when teams collapse on him in the paint, he's able to kick out, find the right person. He can make his teammates better, and he's automatically going to give them opportunities. And we know that because of how much pressure is going to be on him and how much teams are going to game plan around what he can do. So I think as Gafford gets better, that's only going to help Arkansas because he's got to be able to make uh, the rest of these guys kind of step their game up a level as well. And if he can do that, Arkansas is a team that, that can surprise, I think. And you just you go down the list. I mean, Ole Miss, I've already said it. I think Ole Miss is going to be better than people think. I know where they were picked. And I know, you know, we talked to Kermit Davis this summer. We, we talked to him at SEC Media Day. It's a process. It always is. You've got a lot of stuff you're trying to put in in a short amount of time, and you're trying to rebuild the roster the way you want it to look to be able to fit the style you want to play. They have to be better on defense. If they can find that defensive consistency, they're not going to win the SEC this year. But if they can take a step forward around guys like Terrence Davis, uh, Brian Tyree, Devontae Shuler, Bruce Stevens, Ole Miss can be very tricky. I think they're going to be a tricky team, and it's going to be hard to play in Oxford. And, I, you know, it's just going to be that way, I think, with a lot of teams. Texas A&M, we don't know how that style is going to mix. And we just mentioned the the uh, scrimmage they played against Stephen F. Austin. But Texas A&M does have a great guard duo in, in T.J. Starks and Admon Gilder, just seeing how everyone else comes around them. So uh, it's hard, you know. I feel really good about those top eight teams, and I don't necessarily know exactly what order because I think you could switch uh, a lot of different people in that top eight. But I do think there's potential there. Just like last year where you saw a team like Tennessee, just like the years before where you saw a team like South Carolina – really disrupt everything where we went into the season thinking we knew one thing about a team and then by the end of the year we're looking up and they're right there at the top of the standings so you never know and it's probably maybe going to be harder this year because of how strong those teams are at the top how strong we know Kentucky's going to be Tennessee Auburn like we said uh, you've got three teams there that are being picked a lot in the preseason top 10 so it's going to be difficult for maybe those teams at the bottom that are not necessarily in rebuilding mode, but they're kind of in a transition phase. Uh, so it may be harder to make that big jump. But I do think the SEC still has a chance to get nine teams into the NCAA tournament because I think as of today, you feel really good about eight of them. Um, and I think that's that's really something because when we go into a year feeling like not only could eight teams make the NCAA tournament, that's kind of the expectation, and it hasn't been that way before. So to wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast, uh, as I continue to say, we have a ton of written stuff going up now at southeastsoups.com. So if you're someone who wants to find more knowledge, if you want to get more uh, kind of thoughts on every team around the league, you're going to find it over there at southeastsoups.com. We've already been going through the non-conference schedules. I've had several of you guys mention how much you enjoy that, getting to kind of get a glimpse of what you're going to see in the non-conference slate as we're doing previews for every single team's non-conference schedule. So we're going through giving you an idea of what to expect from every single opponent on your schedule. We've already gotten through four or five. We're going to continue to roll through those before the start of the season so that we can get all 14 up 
but that's a good thing if you want to learn more about who's going to be on your non-conference schedule, who you're going to get to see uh, at your arena, then uh, you can find that over there. Uh, and we're also continue to put up uh, just a lot of different stories. Getting, you know, I finally got through all the media day stuff. And uh, lots of stories came out of that. We're continuing to follow stories all throughout the league uh, from press conferences and all that. So you're going to continue to see see all that pop up uh, over there at the website as well as more podcasts. And someone, I've actually had a couple of you ask me about this. Uh, I'm putting podcasts up on the podcast page at southeastsoups.com. So you go over to the website, you click on the podcast page. And there you will find interviews that I've done for other podcasts, for other radio shows. Um, because I think it's great to, to share those because not only can you guys listen to this, but you can also listen to other shows as well that I am able to go on and talk about SEC basketball. That's the goal. We want as much coverage as we can get. Um, and, and that's what we're continuing to try to do. So not only will you get these episodes throughout this feed, the Southeast Suits podcast feed on iTunes, wherever you listen to whatever podcast app you're using, but you can also head over there to the website, click on the podcast page and you can listen to other podcasts that I've done uh, for other shows. And you, all you have to do is find the month, which October, I've already had several listed on there, uh, other shows that I've done. Just click on those, and you can you can listen immediately, whether it's on our, our website through an embed player, or you can listen uh, on another website. It's just a really great way to get more variety, uh, listen to a lot more SEC basketball-related stuff. Uh, so if you're someone who enjoys podcasts, Go over there, check that out, because there's probably stuff on there you haven't had a chance to listen to yet because it hasn't come through this particular feed. Uh, So go over there, check all that out. Uh, That way you get a lot more preview stuff here as we head into the season. And I'll continue to share the other podcasts I do as well as uh, we go throughout the entire season. So I've got some really good guests lined up for you guys next week. I think you're going to enjoy. should be very entertaining conversations. Um, so be sure you subscribe to the podcast, go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Tubes. That way you don't miss any of it. But we are definitely cranking things up here on Southeast Tubes as we get ready for what's going to be a really, really fun year of basketball in the SEC. So thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time. <laughs>